0: intimate group of moms here joining me. I'm talking about changing therapists. It is, um, believe it or not, a topic that at the Isaac Foundation, I get a lot where families will reach out you know, for a variety of reasons, whether it's that oh, we're seeing the therapist and you know you don't feel like maybe it's clicking or the right um, click between the child and the therapist. I have had situations where families have come to me and said they really click with my child, but as just on a personal level, I just have a really hard time working with this therapist therapist, but they're so great with my kid. Like, what do you think I should do? And then we have situations where you hear some great things about another therapist and some great successes. And then that feeling of, oh man, you know, I kind of am a little jealous. Like, should I leave this practice, this clinic that I'm currently at to maybe pursue, you know, some of the, this other provider, because you're, you know, just You've connected with another family and have heard all these wonderful things. So, there's a variety of things that we look at. I'm going to open it up first and just for you ladies that are sitting here with me, have you had a situation where you've been working with a provider and you kind of hit a snafu and you have to think about that time, a time and a place where it's like, okay, maybe it's time, maybe we do need to look at
1: other options. What does that look like? Um, my name's Tanya and I have an eight year old son with autism and we are actually currently right now in the process of changing therapists. And in all honesty, it was his BCBA who actually initiated this change because she felt like it wasn't working. And she is amazing. But she actually just met with me yesterday and went over like some of the things that we both together thought were working and some of the things that we didn't and what we want to look for in the future because she's in the process of getting my son a new therapist. And I think sometimes as a parent, it can be hard to make a sudden change, especially because my son gets attached to people and builds relationships with these people. And he is very verbal and he doesn't understand why his therapist is changing and now wants to invite his old therapist over for play dates. He doesn't quite understand that and he has let me know that and so trying to explain it to him because he's still not at the processing point of understanding, you know, why he necessarily does therapy and figuring out what's working and what's not. But as a parent, I wanna say, I think I need to be more willing to see what's working and what's not and willing to initiate that change because I will say I haven't been, but he hasn't been in therapy for that long either. And I kind of want to give it a chance and then see, so hopefully we can find a really good fit for him. One of
0: the things that I think impacts some areas, and we were just talking about this before we hit the record button, is in our area, we don't have enough providers. So oftentimes what happens is that you put your name on every single wait list in your area, and then you get called up to basically, okay, you're, you know, getting called up from the bench. And maybe it's not that that your first choice, the one that you've heard such great things about, but they have an open spot. For you. So you take it. Or then that dilemma is, you know, do you not take the spot and hold out for a spot opening in that clinic of your preference? And, you know, like what's your parent perspective on that? Like what's the way to go there? My name is Christine and I have an 11 year old son with autism. Um, and we've been doing the therapy thing since he was two. We've had a lot of different therapists in our lifetime or our autism journey just due to life circumstances. We've been on wait lists and we've changed therapy sometimes when things weren't working. I'm not quite sure I know what the answer is. I think if the question is, should parents be more open to changing therapies? I don't know if that's necessarily the reality. Should you? Can you? Will you? Do you want to? It's sort of whatever's thrown at you. We've, we've had therapists be with us for four years. Um, the first ABA therapist We had, we had him for four years. And the only reason why we left him is because we were moving. And all I wanted to do was pack up that therapist and bring him with us. I cried more about leaving the therapist than I did our friends, our home, or anything. That was the the hardest thing to leave when we left. We've had therapists actually choose different jobs in our area. And actually, I think anywhere um, that you go, you don't get paid a lot to be a therapist. And as insurances choose to base their pay rates on the, the Medicare pay rates and that type of thing, you find that really good therapists can make more money in different sectors. I mean, we had a BCBA leave to go work for literally a gym because they were going to apply the same behavioral analysis to adults and people in their workout patterns and that type of thing. And you just think, you are an amazing therapist. You are amazing for my child. And yet, because you can make more money in a private sector with a business, I mean, I get it. We've had therapists leave to go to work in the school districts. Oh, yeah, that happens a um, lot. That happens a ton. And so sometimes it's not even your choice to switch therapists. It just happens. So I don't know what the answer is. I mean, definitely change if it's not working. Change if it's not working for your kid, if it's not working for you. But would you change the therapist? knowing that you're going to have to go back to a waitlist, I guess is the question. And that's, I think a lot of what we're dealing with is, do you just say, you know what, I'm willing to go back onto a waitlist because I really feel like this therapist isn't, isn't connecting or clicking or making that progress that you're wanting. Would you go back and put yourself on a waitlist? So is the question then is any therapy better than Correct. no therapy? Yeah. I think that is kind of is a the question. I, I think that maybe that is, I would tell you that, you know, this isn't my first video because I have had Isaac and you know he passed away 11 years ago and then we were blessed with Caleb who has high functioning autism and I will tell you that as a parent I'm going to trust my gut. And if that means that I have to go back to a wait list, because I feel like bad therapy can just be traumatic for the child and for the parent too. I have so many examples of that could even be a whole nother topic, you know, PTSD, you know what I mean? You have traumatic experiences that shape you as a parent and then shape your willingness to put yourself out there in the future. And so again, if you have a bad therapy connection, a bad therapist experience, I would personally say I would rather go back to the bench and go on the wait list than have a bad connection and create bad experiences or a trauma, if you will, and then have to go back and then undo that later. And so I, I think that parents need to be comfortable and okay with that potential. The other challenge that I've had too, is that we've talked about this in another podcast. Certain providers are really good with kids at certain ages and certain age ranges. But then when your child gets to that end range of what that capacity is with the therapist, but they become like family. You love them. They really do become an intimate part of your relationship because they're part of your team. And sometimes they even become like your counselor, if you will, But you can see that they're kind of beyond their reach, their scope, because their niche, if you will, and whether or not you like it out. And, you know, I, I kind of think, well, person needs to develop those skills. So do you let your child be that child that's kind of paving that way to help them stretch what their abilities are? Or, you know, do you have that open and honest conversation with a the therapy provider and say, you know, Hey, how are you feeling about this? Are you feeling like this is like stretching beyond what? your specific expertise and age range is and whether or not like a referral to another provider might be target, I guess. We had that exact thing happen to us. We were with a speech provider for our son and obviously language is a huge deficit for him. So we are constantly striving to improve that in any way that we can. And we were with an amazing speech therapist, but it felt like her treatment plan was kind of the same thing all the time. Even though as my son got older, his needs were different. In a nutshell, basically, my son has the ability to learn language. It's really his usage. He just can't access what he has in his brain and use it appropriately. What we found uh, with our previous therapist was that she was just really good at, you know, helping him acquire language. Like her skill set was not how then for him to to access and and use that. Through, you know, life changes, this therapist went to work in a different arena and it forced us to change therapies. We ended up actually changing entire clinics and found a speech therapist that her absolute forte is that conversational language, helping him to learn how to access his brain and use the language that he has appropriately in all sorts of situations. And it's been eye-opening for me that for three, four years, we were kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I guess this is just what beach therapy is. And my eyes are now opened to, whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it could have been, and now it is so much more. So maybe the answer an is point there, if you yeah. feel like if you're just getting these feelings, like it's the same thing over and over again, then maybe, yeah, you do. You just put yourself on those wait lists, start going to somebody else, See what it looks like. Maybe it really will be significantly different. Maybe it won't be. I think that's a really good point that you have there is, is that, you know, there's not a roadmap. There's not a manual that they give you when your kiddo is diagnosed with autism. So how do you know what to expect? Like what you're saying, it's like, I just assume this is what speech therapy was for kiddos that are like my child. And so you don't have a means or a reason to question that the strategy or implement implementation of how you know, these therapies are done. So then, of course, you have that aha moment where it's like, yeah. wow, my I like totally like didn't realize that this was an option. So I think that's really interesting too. You know, I've had families that um, their kiddo connects really well with this particular provider, but as a parent, it's just like this provider, like their personality and my personality, it is just like oil and vinegar, and so it's really or not oil and water, sorry. Um, but it becomes real difficult. Then do you switch because you just are tired of having to deal with that provider, even though that you see that they have a connection and maybe progress is being made, or do you just slug it out, work through it, and that's you know an answer that I don't know if any. Anyone has an experience like that, but I do know that that's something that families are struggling with. When do you just tap out? There's only been one. One provider that I did not click with, this person was an interim person. So I knew that there was an end. They were like just filling a gap for just a small amount of time. Had that person been our permanent person. Yeah. We would have said, yeah, this is, this is not a good fit. This is not okay. But it was just a short term fill in. I don't think we've ever, again, like I said, I'm, I'm the person that wants to pack up my therapist and bring them with me. <laughs> we've been incredibly lucky. I'm Teresa, and I'm a 15-year-old with autism, and at the time he was diagnosed, there weren't many clinics to choose from, so we started at at a good clinic, and we stayed with them the whole time. I clicked with all the therapists. They were all good. There were times he plateaued. And I know in the beginning, like I said, there weren't really any other options. So we stuck it out. As he got older, I probably should have sought out a different clinic or a different therapist. But there's other things in life that affect that. And I just really wasn't able to take that on at the same time other things were going on. That's a really good point there because... Let's talk about the emotional connection that you have with your providers. They do become friends and family. So then you wonder, you know, like, I I don't know about you, but, you know, there, I would never want to hurt their feelings by saying, Hey, thanks so much for working for my kid for the last seven years, but I'm just feeling like maybe you're not the right fit. I mean, that's a hard conversation to have. Do you worry about like, does that personal um, feeling where, and loyalty, does that start playing a factor in whether or not, you know, there is that because they do become part of your family. And so there is, you don't want to hurt. Feelings by saying, "Hey, is it possible for me to try?" One of our original therapists hadn't started working in another arena, meaning she basically left us. We probably wouldn't have left her. You would have stuck it out because we, of we would. Yeah, we would have, had, we loved her. We loved going to see her. My son loved going to see her. We wouldn't have left. And so I'm thankful that the situation arose, that that choice was made for us because my son is actually getting. I don't want to say better therapy. He's getting. It's- the different that's the different, different. Yeah. Um, the different approach that he needed. And so, you know, call that what you want. Divine intervention, yeah. just serendipity, whatever you want to call it. But I'm actually thankful that our therapist left and I had to seek out something different because I wouldn't have due to that relationship and that loyalty. If, again, we're coming back to our question for this podcast is should you? Yeah. Maybe like always be taking a, a pulse check. Mm-hmm. Like is, is this therapy meeting the current need of my child? Can this therapist grow? Is this therapist growing? Are they changing their tactics based on the, the current need of my child as your child changes? Because your child will change. That is really hard because I know we received a diagnosis and he started with this one therapist. I mean, she was as much of a support to me as we're looking through this report. From a neuropsychologist, it just shows negative, negative, negative. She's like, "Well, here's a positive." So it was probably as much my dependence on yes, absolutely, yes, yeah. You it can it can be like that. Yeah, it can absolutely be like that. They are a they're a lifeline. They're a flotation device as you've been flung out into the raging storm of what an autism journey can be, and to let go of that is very difficult. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've had the unique circumstances of actually having as my capacity and my role at Isaac Foundation, I kind of encounter some different pushback in that I have I have very high expectations. And I feel like being open and honest from the beginning and saying, you know, here's here's my concern. I'm going to be honest with you. Feel free to be honest with me. My child has autism. If that means that as a therapist, you're going to pull out your autism therapy box and be like, okay, so here's the things that we do for autism, then you are probably not going to be a good fit for my child, nor are you going to enjoy me as a person because I'm going to then start questioning things and asking you to do things differently. I need you to respect that I'm a subject matter expert on this person that I'm bringing to you because he's my life. He's my world. And I need a therapist to respect that. And I have had love. of providers over the years just say, you know, to the clinical director, I'm not comfortable working with Holly's son because she scares me. She has very high expectations. That's I feel like she knows she knows a lot of what should be happening goals, what you should be seeing, you know what I mean? And I and that is very intimidating, especially for people that are not fairly fresh out of school. So they're, you know, younger, but you know there has been times where these providers are just like, don't send me no please, please not my caseload, mm-hmm. not my caseload. For me, I want to I don't want to blindside anybody and you know so I feel like being open and honest up front and just saying you know hey if I should see you know just the same activities being pulled out of the box every single time and expecting improvement or change because we are ones that follow through and do stuff at home should I start seeing a pattern of that we're going to have to talk and if you were open to some feedback and maybe some suggestions or even talking to other providers oh this I have a client that I'm working with this is kind of what we're you know hitting a you know a wall we're not making any progress do you have any suggestions as long as you're willing to be open to that because you will also grow as a therapist I really feel like you're going to grow as a therapist too well then I have no problems like bring it on but if you are a person because I have had a few where it's like I went to college for this like I kind of know what I'm doing and it's like oh guess what I gave birth to this so I kind of know what I'm doing (laughs) Um, you know what I'm saying and and so I have had that where it's like kind of how dare she question what I'm doing here well problem is you're just pulling out your little autism box and expecting that when you you know oh well we're just going to hit this wall and over time I'm like that. wall is just going to finally get tired and fall down. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? So I will say that of course my circumstances are a little bit different, but I have found, you know, I've had some say, nope, no, please don't, no, don't make me have to work with that kiddo because the mom scares me. But I've also, because of that, had some very incredible therapists say, bring it on. I think this is going to be great. I'm open to this because this is an equal opportunity to learn. And so I, the times where I have been very open and said, this is kind of what I'm looking for. These are my, expectations. I haven't regretted it. I really haven't. You know, sure. It's a little like, wait, what do you mean that person doesn't want to work? You know, okay, well, fine. I didn't want to work with them anyway. You know what I mean? But you just have to, you know, that's their right. Maybe a, maybe a takeaway on that is as a parent, let's say you're not comfortable with judging. Is that, I'm using air quotes, (laughs) judging your therapist. Um, maybe what you do is you dial into a podcast like this and you take a look at other people's perspectives, or you call the Isaac foundation and you say, say, who can you hook me up with? I've got this weird feeling in my gut about therapy. Like maybe it's just not working out really well. And, and you just need other parents' perspectives, build that community so that you can tie into those people. So, you know, if you should change therapists and change therapy, maybe the feedback you get is no, that, that really sounds like they're on track. They're doing what your kid needs to do. And you know, you, you figure it out. Or maybe the, the conversation that you'll have with another parent is, oh, no, and that started to happen we we made a change and it's been really great there's no really one answer should you shouldn't you but man maybe the answer is talk about it mm-hmm. like question it with anybody and everybody that you can there's one more final thing that I'm going to say on this and it doesn't necessarily need a rebuttal unless you feel like throwing something in but one of my so you know with my Isaac Foundation hat on probably the most common question people call me with like on a weekly basis is providers can you give me a list of providers because you know like we Either you know, want to switch, or we were seeing this therapist, and I absolutely hate her guts, and I never want to see her again. And I'm going to call the insurance commissioner or a reporter for you know, this, that, and the other, or him. Um, I get that a fair amount where people are really angry or upset. And then what happens is now parents are sharing those experiences because we want to talk, we're sharing amongst our autism tribe of you know, just experiences. And so, what happens is, is now we're negatively talking about certain providers and certain clinics, which you know, there's a time and a place in that you know, if it's a serious problem. Problem. You know, issues with billing, I'm I'm less concerned about. Okay, so you had a problem with the billing. Um, maybe it was kinky, maybe it wasn't. But one of my challenges is that, you know, I have some families that have an absolute love affair and a certain provider absolutely changed their family for the best, for the better, and really saved them at a critical point. And then I will have another family who is so angry and vocal about the fact that they want to make sure every fam- autism family knows so that they don't accidentally go and see this provider. And because that I was just like the worst, horrible, hate this person with every fiber of my being. And that's where it's challenging for me because I refer to all the providers because you never know what's going to be a good fit for one family, but it wasn't horrible, just not a good connection for another family. And, and that's where, you know, I have talked to some families where they're going around and spreading some very derogatory feedback about a provider or a clinic. And I ask them to just be very careful about that because the thing is, is that you don't know what the other dynamic for another family is might be a really good fit because of the different dynamic, the different circumstances of another family. And for some of this negative derogatory stuff to get out there about, you know, well, that was your experience. And of course, you're only getting one side of it as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've even had situations where a family was called and said, I, oh, I, you know, hear that you're seeing this provider. I just wanted to warn you about blah, 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 blah. And then that family comes back and says, you know what, that really was uncomfortable for me because I really like this provider. I don't need to know all of this garbage that was going on between them. I would just have preferred to not be pulled into that. Um, I really like this person. I don't want to be disrespectful to this other person. You know, oh, that's a terrible experience. But you met one child with autism. You met one child or one person with autism. You know, be careful about what you're putting out there. Yeah, so you met one family. provider who you didn't, didn't meet one your One provider your that your wasn't a good fit. That doesn't mean they can't meet other people's needs. Correct, because yeah. I am telling you, for every person that has a bad experience with a provider, I have like five amazing stories about how, you know, this provider worked really well with this other person. And so I would just say, you know, be careful. Have those experiences and make choices that are right for you, your family, and your child. But be careful about what messaging then you're putting out there, the dirty laundry, if you will, that you're putting out there to other families because, you know, what would make me sad is had these families heard some of these horror stories or horror perspectives from some of these families, they maybe never would have interfaced with this particular provider and they wouldn't have had this beautiful therapeutic experience that they're now having because they just sort like, Oh my gosh, I've heard just terrible things about that. So again, um, you know, just as kind of food for just kind of throw that in the back of your mind, I would say. All right. Well then that wraps up this particular podcast, um, that we were talking about changing therapists. And I thank you guys for coming and being a part of this. And then thanks everybody that's listening. And we hope that you get a few gems, to file away. And maybe it's not something that you're having to deal with now, but somewhere down the line, this particular topic comes up and this is going to be a good resource for some of you. So thanks again. And that ends this particular podcast of Isaac's Autism in the Wild. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe and just remember we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.